everyone. Welcome back to Clock In, Vibe Out. I'm your host, Rena, and today I'm joined by Ali Tesler, a producer at Next Music Sessions Live. Ali, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> obsessed with every podcast ever, and all the work you do is always fabulous. So I'm oh, so thank excited. you. Thank I'm happy you. to be here. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you. I thought that you'd be a really interesting guest to have just because. I always thought that it was so interesting that you were always super focused on working on the business side of music Mm -hmm. because a lot of times when people want to work in music, they just want to be Hannah Montana. Yeah. So I always thought that it was super cool and unique that that wasn't really ever your game plan. So I definitely wanted to have you on so that you can talk to the people, educate them, help some boys and girls out and hopefully help people start their careers in music okay so super quickly just Mm -hmm. to tell everyone how we know each other Ali and I did go to the same business school (laughs) business queens if you will do you just want to introduce yourself a little bit more and talk about some of your past experiences I grew up my dad is a musician so I always kind of was surrounded by music it's always something I was really passionate about um and you know and I went to college wasn't really planning on doing a whole lot with music initially. I was just kind of like, I always wanted to be in the creative space. I initially went to U of A to study photography, got into the photography school. That was going to be like my whole journey. And then I got to orientation and I was like, mm, no, this isn't yeah. really it. <laughs> I don't really know if this is what I want to do. Uh, switched to business, picked up the music minor sophomore year. Um, you know, and I really just took off from there. I just, I had an eye on what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be and how to get there. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of got started really sporadically, really randomly. I just saw the internship posting like in October for the Sony internship, which is very strange that they posted it that early. <laughs> I, you know, just submit something, didn't even throw in a cover letter, just threw something out there. Oh my God, you didn't um, have a cover letter? No, just wow. threw, threw out my resume, just kind of put it in there. And I think the only thing on my resume that said that I was like, interested in music was that under my like interest I put music yeah Uh, like I've been involved on campus and stuff and nothing really music related I had like some you know marketing things but nothing music um and then in February I'm like in an uber on my way to get my nails done and I get a email saying that like oh we want to interview for this internship yes uber ride of my life literally I was like I was like my Uber's like are you okay I was like yes I'm fine just like let me have my time um you know did the whole application thing and then ended up getting that um I made some really great connections at Sony that's kind of just really where it all kicked off and then from there just kind of progressed into like giving me more and more opportunities so it was really it was really cool so did that worked as a campus rep for one music group um, and then just kind of some other like little smaller things. I was working at a boutique artist management PR firm uh, after my senior year. Uh, I did an internship for AEG Presents and Bowery Presents here in New York. So it's been really kind of getting my foot dipped into every little puddle just to kind of see like, you know, what I'm interested in, like what I invest at. Yeah. And I think that that's so smart and such a good way to do it. 
Also, if anybody is listening to this truly for educational purposes, listen up because I went to go stalk your LinkedIn last night, Allie, to make sure that I introduced you correctly. And you guys, I was so baffled. I'm looking, I'm expecting, I know that Allie worked for Warner, so I'm expecting just to see one really important name, you know, Warner. I'm looking at her LinkedIn, Sony, Warner, AEG. I'm like, oh my God, Allie. That is actually so impressive. So impressive. I mean, sometimes these things just like, it really is, it just happens. You have to like, I'm a strong believer in manifesting things, which is so. Oh my God, I just started doing that. Like, it really like, if you like put your mind to something, like you actually, it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud, (laughs) but it's like. Go ahead, say it Like, like, I know what I want to do. Like, I know what I can do. I'm not going to like it's gonna be shitty if like things don't work out and so many things haven't worked out like I don't want it to yeah. seem like oh everything I've ever wanted like, oh, right, right. absolutely not 90% of the things I've ever like applied for been interested in just, just immediately goes down. No, like gone. oh consistently all the time it's like come on I never really was super into manifesting or anything like that or like into um zodiac signs or anything really of that sort Ooh, but but last summer, this sounds really, really dumb. I had been manifesting my 21st birthday to be a movie, and I had the most, I literally was so excited. It was the last day of my internship. It was in LA. I was so hyped. Everything was just lining up perfectly. And I, when I say I told anyone and everyone that would listen that my birthday was the last day of my internship, I was like, oh my God, guys, I'm turning 21. Ah!" Probably annoyed every single person. But that weekend was so absurd, I cannot even explain it. Like, my friends that were there talk about it sometimes, and they're like, what the heck was that? But ever since then... That's, like, the best, though. Yeah, ever since then, I kind of believe in manifesting, because I'm like, I have never talked so much about something, and nothing has ever truly worked out as well as that weekend did. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, it's not... It doesn't work every time. Like, I don't think right. it's like guaranteed, like, oh, I you know, want XYZ to happen and it happens. But like, it's just like the energy that you're putting out there. Like if you're going to be putting out so much positive energy surrounding one thing. Exactly. I feel like it does kind of make sense too. And I've been reading a lot about um, visualizing and I used Mm -hmm. to do sports and stuff. And it's something that I didn't really think about moving forward in a professional career. But if you visualize yourself kind of and everything working out the way that you want it to, the odds of it happening are a lot higher than if you don't do that absolutely because I think it just puts you in that mindset of like if I'm there what would I do look exactly you like more like attractive as a candidate or like just kind of Mm -hmm. seeing like this is something that I know I can do this is how I see myself doing it let me show you how I can apply it that's definitely really good interview prep in a way absolutely because then you can go in and kill your interview because you've already thought about it thought about how you would execute your plan that's Mm -hmm. a really 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 good piece of advice for sure wow see this is why I wanted to have you on because you just took my 21st birthday story and made it something super applicable and helpful to the world hey, hey, hey. so basically yeah. everyone have a movie of a 21st birthday yeah and then, yeah. <laughs> then your career will pop off oh okay well I want to talk a little bit more about um the work that you did on campus as a college ambassador yeah. because I think that that is a really underutilized space in a really good way for people to get started and it's definitely something that I wish that I would have known about earlier yeah so that was something that um, my junior year I did that the whole year it was the first year that Warner kind of did something a little bit different it wasn't more of just it was more of just like a marketing rep like how it used to be it was where they would like go around 
um, like posting up stuff about um, different artists releases and going to record stores and stuff. They actually converted it into more of an influencer position, kind of trying to test that out uh, because, you know, like the world of influencers is absolutely exploding right now yeah so, like how can this work like in the campus space on like this like niche area mm-hmm. um so was doing a whole lot of that posting to social media multiple times a week multiple times a month I'm, like, putting on events that was a really big part of it it was very interesting for me and I think that I learned so much by doing all of that I was able to especially kind of in the um I've, I've worked in digital marketing before, but that really kind of helped me realize like what's effective on, for social media campaigns, what isn't effective, what do what gets high interaction, what do people just don't care about, what kind of events will people want to come to. All of these things kind of just helped me realize the power of like not only just traditional in-person marketing, but the digital space. It is such a valuable space to be investing in and investing your energy into especially in creative industries yeah I think that's just kind of where everyone is looking to figure out like what do I want to listen to what do I want to watch on tv what do I want to stream it's it's the central hub um so it was really cool I got to meet such amazing people and I think that you brought up some really good points too um, just some easy ways to get started in the industry street teams kind of like you mentioned yeah. how it originally was set up mm-hmm. so um, for anyone who doesn't know a street team is basically like a promotional team that goes around and essentially puts up flyers interacts with people gets people informed about events releases everything of that nature um, and then another cool thing that Ali mentioned is influencers a lot of brands especially in that music space now have those positions available especially on college campuses because college students are one of the top groups for music consumption so that is where a lot of people want to put their marketing dollars to so definitely look for ways to apply to be an influencer for tiktok warner music anything like that um if it is a big company they probably do have a college ambassador program which is a fantastic fantastic way to get started And then, Ali, too, I wanted to ask, since you have done some of the trial and error, I think it might be helpful for anyone who's listening to know any specific things that you found that work super, super well on social, especially for music. Yeah, um, you know, video content, everyone says it's like the number one way, but it really is short form content. People love it. It, They perform the best, whether you're doing just organic posting or bringing in pieces of you to the content so that it still feels authentic to what you're doing. And it's not mm-hmm. like just like a promoted post. I know right. like, well, I'll see like influencers posting about like, Hashtag ad. yeah. And you're just like, I like, I know like, like get your bag, but like, also, I'm like Kylie, your extensions are worth thousands of dollars. You yeah. did not take sugar of your hair to make your hair look like that girl. Really? It's like, get your bag, but also it's not as interesting as something that like actually is very like authentic to you. So I think like making contact as authentic, but still within like what you need to do for those like posts is like the best. I think that that also was a really good point. Again, Ali, see, I knew that you'd be a perfect guest. Um, (laughs) I think we can go ahead and drop a little Eller knowledge. So Mm -hmm. essentially the most effective marketing strategy is word of mouth. So it's really interesting that you say that your posts where you were in them did better than just posting a song because that makes a lot of sense if you think about it because your friends 
care about what you think. Your audience trusts you. So uh, yes, of course, they are more likely to listen to what you're saying if they know that it's coming from you and you're personally endorsing it as opposed to just posting an ad or something like that because then you are able to really leverage all of the social capital that you've made and I think that that is a really really smart way to leverage something as simple as social media. So we have talked a little bit about your digital marketing experience in music. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about sessions if you want to just give like a quick overview of it um there's the app is really really cool I downloaded it a couple days ago to check it out um yeah but I don't really know a lot about it so I am assuming that a lot of people don't the way that I like to explain it to kind of like people that are just fully unaware of live streaming or like just know the very basics it's very much like twitch but for concert specifically so we have kind of two sectors of artists that are on the platform we have our rising artists which are artists that you know will come on the platform a couple times a week and they'll be performing they have fan bases that they've built on sessions that are helping them make a living even you know before all of the covid stuff but like really taking off now there's people that are walking away with more money in a week than what they walked away with in months doing this like just gigging uh, and then we have our ticketed show sector our global artists so these are artists that you know like we had um ali brooke a couple months ago it's been really cool these are all ticketed shows that we actually run marketing for so we are putting our ad spend behind there we create social posts for them we run digital uh, marketing campaigns for them and help build the tickets build their pages on the website and then help them get together through the show so like my role specifically as a producer it's basically a show producer so i'm getting introduced to their artist team and to the artist running through a sound check to make sure that all the technology is good. We're looking into venues for these artists to perform in. And then I'm sticking by the entire show to make sure their video feed doesn't cut out. So it's a, it's a long process for each artist, but like fans love it. Like I think people get confused. Why would I spend like money for a digital concert? It's like, if you're spending $5 for an hour plus of an artist that you like and that you like, you want to support it's almost more personal than if you're going to a concert. People are reading, the artists are reading the comments all the time. They're interacting with fans. It's, I think that it really is, you know, kind of the future of music. $5 is literally a Starbucks. So <laughs> I would spend much, more on Starbucks. Okay, I, would much rather, I would much rather take that $5 and put it towards an hour and a half long live stream yes. concert Especially, like you said, it's way more intimate. And I would give my life savings to see live music right now. Exactly. Live music <laughs> would be so healing to see. And yeah, I literally think that it's just worth everything. I think that there's something that's so irreplaceable about live music. And just being able to hear any kind of live set, whether it's in person or over the internet, in my opinion, is worth everything. But yeah. I think that that is a really good space to get into. Um, and I think that you're completely right about the music industry transitioning more to tech. I've actually read a lot about that as well. And I was super interested to see how Intersect, have you heard of Intersect? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
um, Intersect is Amazon's music festival, and they had only been having it for about two or three years. So I was super interested to see how it would have turned out this year. That was actually mm-hmm. my dream job coming out of college is to work on the Intersect team. Yeah. Because there's so many new ways to integrate tech into music, and that truly is the future. But I guess we'll have to pause and wait to see on that one. So guys, make sure you go download the Sessions Live app. This is not a hashtag ad. Um, It's just a really cool app. Helps you discover new music. So next time you're on the Ox, you have way, way cooler songs to play than your friends. You will be the official new DJ of the car ride. So definitely go check that out. Um, I'm glad that you brought up to that you get to kind of work with the artists because I think that that is typically the more glitzy, glammy side that people Mm -hmm. kind of associate with and go to when they think about working in music. It's definitely a lot different than working on the back end and the digital side and the marketing side of music. Mm -hmm. The last time that I did artist relations was um, when I first got to Chicago in like mid-August I hadn't worked a festival since November like it had been a long a long time and I saw this drive-in festival pop up on my um, Instagram feed and I was like I need to find out who runs this I need to find out how I can work it I need to be there like that's just point blank I need to so I stalked a thousand people on Instagram until I found somebody that was working for the promotional company when I say I dm'd and commented on every single one of their pictures I literally was was a stalker full stalker love it but it was so dope and I finally got through to somebody and I ended up getting to work it and it was so Mm. cool to work on artist relations because I typically worked more on the creative side also Um, like behind the scenes working with vendors coordinating brand Mm. partnerships all of that kind of stuff but I thought that it was so fun and so different but I did think it was definitely hard because you have to balance being like cool for lack of a better word yeah but then also still professional and being able to be a chameleon almost because you have to interact exactly. a little bit differently with the artist than you do with the artist management mm-hmm. and coordinate that with security and golf carts and everything like that I think it's an extremely different experience so artists have writers when they are playing shows they send a list of basically what they want in their dressing rooms whether it's food drink hot towels, cold towels, everything like that. And one time I saw Steve Aoki's and I was like, the longest, most extensive thing I have ever seen. I thought it was a thesaurus. It was so, so fat. I was like, oh my God. What it's crazy and then the PAs are the one running around trying to find these things like yeah. where can I go to get only I'm like oh my like, god where do I get a white peacock I'm like somebody help I don't know I was like holy oh wow yeah it's crazy stuff since you have done a little bit of everything this is a question that my Instagram wanted to know as well if you could have your dream job what would it be dream job is a little bit more obscure i think my ultimate goal though i want to be one of the billboard women in music top executives yes, I don't know how yes. I'm get there. oh my god ellie me too girl don't know how i'm gonna get there i don't know what's gonna happen but that's that's the end goal like i want my work to be important i want i want to be an asset for artists and people and yeah. help them that's what i want to be i want to be doing such cool shit that it is helping so many people that it's kind of noted for yeah um and not that i need the recognition but i'm a leo i would like it <laughs> me too exactly exactly 
I think that it's so important for especially young women to strive for goals like that because music and entertainment are industries that are still predominantly dominated by men Mm -hmm. and it's not for any specific reason other than the fact that that's just how it's always been so I think it's amazing one that billboard even has those events that recognizes women in the industries for their achievements the fact that your goal is striving for work that's so impactful that it gets such high recognition I think is so great and so inspiring and hopefully people that don't know what that award ceremony is will go look it up after this episode learn a little bit more learn from some of the women who have come before us and hopefully light a fire under their butts too what was the first concert that you ever went to do you remember I literally was like an infant like I'm pretty sure I was a couple months old I'm pretty sure it was a Little Feet concert at like the St. Louis Rib Festival, (laughs) which is about as, you know, Midwest as it gets. I think like wearing like little headphones. I think there's a photo of me. I think that's the first concert I ever went to. That's amazing. Um, Love it. I love learning about different music and hearing how each artist kind of, you know, interprets that in the live space. The first concert I ever went to, it was when I lived in Louisiana and I was 11, and I think that it was a Disney band. It was All-Star Weekend. I don't know. I was obsessed, obsessed, Girl. and I recently discovered pictures of that night on my mom's Facebook. Oh, my God. And have you seen the tweet of, like, Debbie Ryan? And it's, like, a meme, and it's, like, her head is kind of down, and she's, like, me trying to not stare at the concert so that the lead singer will think that I'm, like, different. Mm-hmm. Ali, <laughs> I was like, that was my energy the whole ass night. Really thought oh. I was doing something. I mm-hmm. look so <laughs> be it should be criminal. I was wearing like a red t-shirt, like high neck, not mm-hmm. cowl neck, not turtleneck, just like weird high <laughs> neck red t-shirt. And do you remember when those like cardigan vest things were in style oh my god that yeah. sounds exactly like what i wore to the black at peace concert yeah. you got the weird like t-shirt yes, it's like yes. a cap sleeve with yes. the vest yes yes the vest and the vest was like bright pink with these gray stripes on it and i just remember i can see it when i, I can out of, see it oh that no i hate it i remember walking out of the house being like damn girl you look good like they're gonna mm. love you and i saw the pictures and i was like oh <laughs> I'm happy to say that I have not worn that to a concert recently. Kind of sounds fierce, though. Right. Thinking about it. I got my grandma sweater on today. Maybe I'll break out the, you know, early, late 2000s fit going on. Right. Should we? I think that it might be trendy. What if that's the next? Try it out. Oh, my God. What if that's the next trend that comes back? Oh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. I'm going to make this a staple on all my episodes because... It's always so interesting to hear. So working in music and entertainment, you are put into some situations that are mm, not not everyday situations for people who aren't working in those industries, which gives you lots and lots of chances to maybe have one or two embarrassing moments. So I was wondering if you have any good embarrassing stories to tell. 
Uh, yeah, I probably have a couple. Um, <laughs> I feel like they're know. usually super composed, though. So I was, I, oh I was thinking about it. I was like, hmm, I wonder what Ali's embarrassing story is going to be. I, I am a walking mess. Like, I am, <laughs> I am just an embarrassing story. This wasn't as much when I was working in music. This is when I was in high school. Um, but this is probably like, my most embarrassing music-related story. I was freshly 18, freshly 18 years old, going to a really, you know, small concert. Uh, Melanie Martinez opened and we were going to meet the band that we came to see initially. Uh, I won't name names because it's actually so embarrassing. If you go follow (laughs) my Instagram feed, you can probably find out who it is. Unless I deleted it. Either way, it's out in the world somewhere. Yeah. We're going to like, you know, like meet them, talk to them. And like, I'm talking to their friends and we think it's so funny. It's like, oh, like maybe like uh, ask them if they can sign part of your body. Oh no. And and yeah. Uh, I was, so I was like, yeah, you know, like whatever. Like I was always a little goofy. I was like, sure, I'll do it. I'm 18 now, so like I can say whatever I want. And I go up to them and ask, and they're like, oh no, we can't. Our manager won't let us. Um, our manager's our dad. And then I look over to the left. There's Daddy. No. I, I was like, okay, can we just take our picture? Can I run away and never come back now? Yeah. Oh, Ali, I feel Oof. every single mm-hmm. pain. I feel yeah. all the pain. Meet and greets are crazy. Meet and yeah. greets, like, you are meeting one of your favorite musicians. And I remember when I went to one, I literally was standing in line waiting, and every single person that would move up before me, I was like, okay, I'm going to say this to him. I'm going to say this to her. Like, okay. I'm, like, rehearsing it over and over, doing, like, vocal warm-ups, like, like doing the whole thing because I did not want to stutter or anything. So I yeah. cannot imagine that feeling looking over and seeing the oh. literal father. Ooh. Yep. And then I had to take the photo for my friend that was behind me. Oh no. It was never no. ending. That's like the worst exit ending. strategy ever. Yeah, that's it. It's a doozy. That's the first time really like talking about it outwardly. So I'm really sorry to make you feel that trauma. But oh, no. No, I'm really excited. It's, it's hysterical. It's so that funny. It's so good. stupid. <laughs> Wow, I wow, to be freshly 18 again. To oh my god, be right. Freshly 18 again with Let me all just, the like, confidence. Break out my walker. Right, right. I know, I feel like I'm getting like early onset arthritis. I'm like, is this normal? I'm like, am I just. I say old? that all the time. I say that all the time. I'm pretty sure I do, like, straight up. Right, everyone's like, you're just being so dramatic. I'm like, one, no. that's in my blood, and two, <laughs> I have arthritis. Okay, cool. Period. Wow, that was a fantastic story. Honestly, 10 out of 10, five stars. Thank five you, thank you. stars. I'll be here all week. We've covered a lot of pretty good topics, mm-hmm. um, but I think a good way to end would just be with any final pieces of advice, whether it's networking or how to get started or anything like that that you have just to speak to the audience. Yeah, I'd say most importantly, like something that has been really valuable to me Um, It's like reaching out and staying in communication with people that you've networked with. Mm -hmm. So if these are people that you've worked with before, people that you just like kind of stalked on LinkedIn and want to learn more about their job, if they connect with you and message you, stay in contact. Like the thing about networking is it's a two-way street. Right. Um, Not only is it something like you shouldn't go into it thinking like this person's going to help me get a job. Right. Thinking of it being like, I want to learn more from them. And like, maybe there's the potential that they could learn from me or that they just like really enjoy teaching other people and helping them learn. So I think going into it with that mindset, 
That's perfect too, because somebody asked, how can you maintain a strong network in the industry during these times? And I think that that is the perfect answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Just being able to reach out. And honestly, sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes I feel awkward reaching out to people, but I think that you just have to put yourself out there, reach out to anyone that you kind of know. It's super easy to also just message somebody cold, just based off a commonality. I know for me, like a really easy way to do it is like U of A, or if even somebody graduated from Arizona state, that's not where Mm -hmm. we went to school, but okay, cool. Like slide in with, Oh yeah, whatever. Bear down still. Ha ha. Like Mm -hmm. can you get on a call with me by any chance? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully now everyone can hop on LinkedIn, hop on Twitter, hop on Instagram, slide into some DMs and have that networking conversation and get on a phone call. And if you don't want to get on a Zoom call, just say that your camera's broken. It's a perfect time to do that as well. (laughs) Absolutely perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on my show, Allie. Um, Everyone make sure to go follow Allie on her social medias. Allie, if you want to plug them. Yeah. So Instagram, it's Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-U-R-A-H. Twitter is kind of a hellhole, but it's A-L-L-Y-T-E-S-S. Prepare yourselves. It's kind of strange, but yeah, those are my, those are my, my socials. Love to hear it. And also guys, again, make sure to download the Sessions Live app so that you can find some new music, support some artists, really fun time overall. And also, if you feel like it, feel free to follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well at ReinaHW, R-E-Y-N-A-H-W. I'll be posting about new episodes, updates, and maybe some new guests as well. Okay, well, thanks again, Ali, for being on the show. Thanks so much, Raina. You were such a good guest, and I'm so excited for everyone to hear this episode. Yeah, I'm so excited that I got to do this. I'm so happy I got to talk to you again after graduation. Me too. It's been a while. (laughs) I know. Awesome. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. This was so fun. Of course. I loved having you on. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, and I will be back next week with another episode.